God with a six-figure devil's head. Blood money's the only money there really is. Whether you bang on the block of war rooms for billions. It's a spectacular terrorist event. Nuclear medicine men. Smack your God with a six-figure devil's head. Blood money's the only money there really is. Whether you bang on the block of war rooms for billions. Hey guys, welcome back to Nuclear Medicine Men. Thank you very much for being here and listening. Uh, either welcome back or welcome to, you know, if it's your first time, then, you know, welcome. This is um, this is an episode I've wanted to do for a while. I've said that a few times on the channel, but it genuinely is. I've known about this guy for many years. Never really left my mind the first time I heard about him because it was so deep. And frankly, when I first heard about it, I thought it was bullshit. That, but something it, it just stayed. It was like an uh, like a brain worm. It just stayed in my head, and I was like, mm, "This motherfucker." And then when the the new stuff about the Epstein list started coming out, it just something in my head just went, "Fuck yeah, let's do an episode on this motherfucker." This um, two reasons why you shouldn't let your kids listen to this episode or podcast is a this episode is going to be extremely dark. It's going to be very very dark with references to stuff that no child should be hearing. Also, my language is foul. It's awful. Uh, it's a problem. I do apologise. It's it's not great. But um, but yeah, just get your kids uh, far away. Make sure they don't listen to this. Because, uh, yeah, as responsible parents. This, um, this story is it's really bad. And this, what I want this episode to serve as is uh, two things. I want it to be an informational stepping stone for you to go and do your own research. Take everything I say is bullshit. It's not bullshit, but take it as it is, the Socratic method, you know, you can't verify anything. And go and look at it for yourself. Uh, there's a great website called pedogate.world. I'll put the link in the description so you can check it out. And it's, yeah, it's, um, the mainstream, I mean, mainstream news picked up on it in, uh, in the 90s uh, and in the early 2000s, which is, you know, sort of strange, but given the 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 level, the absolute, you know, hugeness of this story, you know, they I don't think that they could have really buried their head with it. But what you're going to find out is that that Jesus Christ, I mean, they were, I don't, I don't know. Well, they must have been complicit, really, because. You know, you're gonna find out. But the police, absolutely police were were complicit. Absolutely. I mean, there was a cover up of the highest order. Jesus. And um so yeah, what the the second thing, I want this to be first of all, I want it to be an informational stepping stone, as I said, go and do your own research. But the second thing that I want this to be is when people you we all have those people, we all know those people, you know. Clinton, 36 times on the island, Epstein Island. Bill Gates never fucking left, probably still there. You know, and then people will say, you know, well, yeah, but they weren't doing anything. You know, they, it was just business or whatever. You know, uh, obviously bullshit, obviously. But this is a this is an example that was actually picked up by mainstream. Not to the full extent, you know, but at least it was picked up so you could give that to them and say, look, th- look it did happen. Look, shut the fuck up. This is what's going on. It's by the end of this episode, you're going to realize it's very Pizzagate, 
esque, and I, I mean, the the whole Pizzagate thing, like with the James Elephantis and that, you know, I, I mean, I tend to believe it, but then I, you know, I I have my doubts, but I don't, you know, with the with the emails, the emails and stuff, obviously, you know, the James Elephantis's Instagram and that, very creepy. Um, so, you know, I probably should take back that I don't believe it. I probably do believe it. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're hearing my mind change in real time. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, but this, um, so let's get, let's get down to it, right? So in, in the seventies, right? So th- this shit all started in the seventies, right? So Dutro, it's Mark Dutro. That's his name, Mark Dutro, right? He's hailed as as Belgium's worst child rapist, child killer, child molester, child trafficker. Just, any anywhere that there was a child, a girl, young girl, this motherfucker was there, right? So in the seventies, this this guy, he he started. He became a scrap dealer, right? He found employment as a scrap dealer and and supplemented his income. By stealing car parts, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, stealing, stealing, or whatever. But and then, uh, then what happened in 1979? This motherfucker got arrested. He got convicted of like petty offences, like assault, drug dealing, uh, trading stolen vehicles, drugs. Oh, he said drugs, and uh, and he, there's not much information on how long he got, but. He was out, he must have been out pretty early. And one of the things that he liked to do was he regularly visited an ice skating rink in Charleroi Forest. And, uh, mate, uh, please forgive me if I'm butchering this name. But, uh, Montigny Sir Sambre. I mean, if if anyone knows what that, how to pronounce that, uh, I'll. You know, I appreciate it, but he would. Del- this is he would deliberately trip or bump into young female skaters' children in order to touch them. In order to touch them, how fucking weird! But in 1980, he visited a Shallowroy skating rink and got into a physical altercation with another person, uh, a guy called Armand de Bain after repeatedly colliding with Debane's girlfriend. And this guy's like, look, you're clearly doing this on purpose, you fucking creep. Get the fuck, get the fuck away from me before I fly and headbutt you. But obviously, the, the warning was not enough, and they got into a physical fight, which ended up in uh, Dutroux being let off. They just let him off. And Debane being arrested. He was arrested, even though it was clearly Dutro's, you know, wrongdoing. But, you know, police are police. So we go from that, and then he just, he he does a bit of electrician work. He does uh, auto theft, uh, by all accounts, pimping. He was pimping people. He was doing all sorts of shit. He was a, he was what we call in the industry a wrongan. He was a full blown wrongan. Now, he gets arrested in '89 for for multiple multiple things. Um, you know, rape, uh, 
fucking kidnapping. They let him out. They let him out in uh, in ninety two. He serves just three years. He serves three years of a thirteen year sentence, which is pretty fucked up. And as you can probably you know comprehend and understand, people were on edge, man. I mean, Belgium. The Belgians did not feel safe, especially if you if you were a young girl in Belgium at that time in that area and Betrix and the surrounding areas, mate, you, I mean, not even just Betrix, but like around in Belgium, you were fearing, you were fit like, like British people, you might like Peter Sutcliffe, uh, Jimmy Savile, if you were, you know, a disabled Burns victim in a hospital when you had an open window, you were terrified, you know, and, you know, for good reason, you know, this guy was an absolute monster, but he wasn't alone. He was not alone. He had multiple accomplices, one of which was his wife. And we'll get into that in a second. But in, so he gets out in 92, as I said, three year sentence, supposed to be 13 years, gets out in three years. And uh, so 95, 95, when two eight year old girls were kidnapped, Dutro, a convicted sex offender, obviously, was a prime suspect from the start, yet he wasn't arrested for 14 months. 14 months. And by that time, four of his captives, including two young girls, were dead. Now, let's get into that bit, because they were dead. These two young girls died, starved to death, in his basement. And this is where his wife comes in, Michelle Martin. So, Michelle Martin was... She had three children with him. She was obviously shit scared of him. And, you know, like... It's almost like that, my husband beats me, but he loves me, sort of mentality... You can't really justify it because she was going back to the house because he had seven houses. I don't know if I've said that. He had seven houses, right? Instantly, that's like Lex Wexner, Lex Wexner, whatever his fucking name is, um, giving Jeffrey Epstein that, you know, that penthouse in New York. It was worth like 10 million or whatever. That stinks of that to me. But he he had seven houses and one of the houses, well, multiple houses, one of the houses had um, a makeshift dungeon or you know just a dungeon uh and he the police had footage of him making this dungeon building it right and it's saying you know the 2020s or the 10s you know you're not going to do that stick it up on youtube because youtube didn't exist so the police had the tapes of him making this but yet it still took him 14 months still took them 14 months to arrest this motherfucker but the wife michelle martin would go back to the house frequently to feed the animals that were there the pets right and she knew that the two girls were down there because she heard the screams. And this is where the police comes in, right? Well, just before the police come in, here's what I want to say about Michelle Martin. She went there to feed the animals. She was too afraid, apparently, to feed the girls. Too, afa- too afraid to feed the young girls. Fuck feeding them. Free the motherfuckers. Free them. You know, go down there. You know, if there's a padlock. I've seen the movies. You smash it off with like a hammer or some shit. It works, probably. I don't know, you know, hit it hard enough. But she didn't because, you know, maybe she did it on purpose. Maybe she was too scared. Maybe she was an accomplice. She was an accomplice. It's just, yeah, it's just super strange. But so the two girls die in the basement of starvation, right? Bear in mind, bear in fucking mind, the police, the policy officers, the police investigated that house. They went there twice to this house and they heard the girls screaming for help from the basement. They heard that, the police. Yet they left the house and did nothing. 
and let those girls starve to death. It's really, really atrocious, man. And here's the thing, right? So they didn't arrest him for 14 months, right? By that time, four of his captives, including those two young girls, were already dead, right? Since his arrest, 20 potential witnesses connected to the case have died in mysterious circumstances. That is why I believe that there is a cover-up. I don't. It's not not just me that believes it. It's everyone that believes it. Everyone that looks at it is like, right, there is a cover-up. There absolutely is. And the problem is that someone did an investigation on it, and apparently early on he was told by a senior government advisor, you must not underestimate the terrible record of our Belgian justice system. It's a system which appears today paralysed, unable to prosecute the accused, his wife and the alleged accomplice. This is what they're talking about, the Mark Dutro case. Really messed up. And the, I mean, he wasn't joking because there was a judge, okay? There was a judge by the name of Conor... 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 The... I'm just going to call him Conor... And he's hailed as as a hero, and so he fucking should be. He's the only person that actually got. He is the he is the person that got Mark Dutro arrested. He is the main reason that Mark Dutro is still in behind bars right now, because there was clearly a an agenda to keep him out because he was such a good supplier, right? And he received multiple death threats, multiple, because this guy, he wasn't just sort of like a judge, just sits down, you know, they bring the cases to him, he decides, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's one of these judges that have probably been Epstein's Island, you know, probably been to fucking Dutro's basement, or, or, where a lot of them go, I think, and this comes up, is the Chateau de Amois, also known as the Mother of Darkness Castle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But this uh, this Judge Connor Rowe, whatever his fucking name is, he was instrumental, as I said, in putting Dutro away. And as I said, he wasn't just a judge that would sit on a, you know, sit on his little chair and the case would come to him. He actually attended all the dinners, all the dinners for the victims. He would fundraise with the victims. He would actively try to solve this case actively and as i said he he was receiving multiple death threats in the end they just sacked him they sacked him straight off the case and what's so infuriating for the families you know and uh, there's a there's a family called the russos is once he was out of the picture they acquired no new evidence right they had enough evidence to, to just you know put him behind bars obviously because he was a fucking monster but they required no new evidence after him. Uh, all the death threats, as I said earlier, the, the 20 people involved in the case of witnesses mysteriously died. And next to be dismissed, just a few months later, was a special team of police officers who had interviewed uh, a woman by the name of Regina Luf, who was one of the actual victims of Dutro, and a guy called Nihal, which was Dutro's accomplice. Now, this special team of police officers, they they believed that they had verified key elements of Louvre's story, 
because she knew things that someone that was just making it up wouldn't know, right? She knew the way that someone had been killed, uh, the, the place that they found their bodies, everything was verified. So she knew her shit. She was telling the truth, right? And uh, so they were sacked off. Can't be having that. You know, they know too much. And the problem is, I think, that the reason they got sacked, they obviously touched too close to the mark, obviously. And Regina Luth's accounts... Now, this is where it gets really dark, really dark, is one of them, she had witnessed a macabre torture which had eventually killed a 15-year-old girl she knew, known as Chrissy. She says it was sort of a bondage. So here's where Regina Loof comes back in because she's a key, key witness. I'm surprised she hasn't been killed. But she is, she's like a prime witness. And she says that at the age of 12, she'd been given, given by her parents to a family friend called Tony van de Begurt, the van, I don't know how you pronounce that, who had a key to her house, who had a key to the house. And he would collect her from school and take her away for weekends to sex parties where she was given to other men and secretly filmed having sex with them. She says it was highly organised, big business blackmail. There was a lot of money involved. Bang, Epstein, there you go. And in 1996, she related her experience to a police team that carefully filmed and supervised conditions. She described certain regular clients, including judges, one of the country's most powerful politicians, now dead, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, I suppose. And a prominent banker, right? She gave all of these names to the police, detailed the houses, apartments, districts where they'd taken the girls and where she'd been taken um, with the other children to entertain the guests. The entertainment was not just sex, she told the police. It involved sadism, torture, and even murder, as we, you know, as I've already stated. And she described the places, the victims, and the way that they were killed to the police. And one of the regular organisers of these parties, she claimed, was the man she knew as Jean-Michel Niol. The guy Niol that I was just talking about. A very cruel man. He abused children in a very sadistic way, she said. Also there was the young Dutro. Dutro was a boy who brought drugs, cocaine to the party... And he brought girls, watched girls at these events with Nihol. So he was like, as I said, he was the getter. You needed you needed some young girls, you know, some children for a party, you know, some sadistic Epstein-type party. You got Dutro. Dutro was your man. He was the guy. Now, the girl that I mentioned who was found, whose body was found in the dumpster and the girl that was... Uh, she was the one that was tied up in all the horrible ways, was Chrissy, Christine Van Hees. And for 12 years, the unsolved murder of Christine Van Hees gathered dust in the Brussels files under the direction of Judge Van Espen. Van Espen. Very close to Epstein, sort of. Now, remember that name. 
Van Epsen, Espen, because a few years ago, a Belgian journalist revealed the close relationship between that judge, Van Espen, and Nihol. Nihol and Nihol's then wife. So as a lawyer, Van Espen had represented Nihol's wife, and Van Espen's sister was the godmother of Nihol's child. So Nihol was the guy that killed, uh, tortured, and raped Christine. The Van Hees and the judge that was meant to oversee and prosecute that man for those crimes is weirdly related to him in some way. Not related as in blood relative, but related as in really close, really close friends. Now, bear all that in mind, how close they are. And yet, when Regina Louf accused these two of the murder... Judge Van Espen was not subject to any conflict of interest. He had no reason to resign and he wasn't sacked. Nothing, nothing at all. But Conneray, Conneroe, whatever his fucking name is, he had been, right? Instead, this judge was allowed to order the police officers to stay out of the case. Van Espen only resigned as a judge in charge of the Mushroom Factory investigation in early 1998 after his relationship with Neil was exposed was exposed so like once it's exposed you're like oh right yeah throw your hands up ah you got me you got me but you know he's not he's not in prison he's not arrested nothing (laughs) nothing because it's not justice it's just us and talk about justice the only reason the only reason that Dutro was actually arrested actually arrested obviously the the judge Connor Rowe but the only reason he was actually arrested is because once people started to clock on to the fact that the police were doing nothing and they were actively doing nothing because they wanted to do nothing because they were probably ordered to do nothing was because now it depends on who you ask but apparently well not apparently it did happen but up to 400,000 people 400,000 Belgians came out into the streets in protest for this man to be arrested Mark Dutro. That is the only reason he is behind bars. Because as we all know, you know, it's as I said, it's you know, it's just us. That's that's the justice system. Now, to bring it back into sort of our times, he is still in prison, Mark Dutro. He is still in prison right now, he's still alive in, in Belgium. And he's actually actively trying to get out he's actively trying to be released from prison on good behavior hey i've changed hey you know it's just me you know i'm now a law-abiding citizen but (laughs) having said that his mum his own mother has been instrumental and very vocal in trying to sort of like overturn any parole possibility whatsoever she's saying look as soon as this guy gets out he's my son but as soon as he gets out he's going to do the same shit of course he is i mean that's obvious to you know to an un you know non-corrupt person you know it's obvious that he's going to go out and do exactly the same thing but that is something that we 
you really have to look at like in in real time is keep an eye on it to to make to make sure he's not out. What the fuck are we gonna do? Do you know what I mean? Like we're gonna stand at the prison gates and kick him back in. Like get the fuck back in there. You know it's hard. Like we can't do anything really. And like wow, say that, but the four hundred thousand Belgians did. You know. So this um now take it back right and this is where it starts getting I mean it's already fucked up but this is where it starts getting a bit more fucked up because as I said as I mentioned he was providing girls young girls to the Chateau d'Amois now the Chateau d'Amois otherwise known as the Mother of Darkness Castle has a cult there and I don't know if I should say the name of the cult. I'm not entirely sure. I might... I don't want to be killed. It starts with an A. I'm just going to say that. It starts with an A. Go and look it up for yourself. You know, if I, you know, if I fucking said it and then I was killed, nothing would change and I would just be killed for nothing. I'm not going to be killed. Probably not. But it starts with an A. And there's... The name itself comes from a, a a small g god right and he's the god of like i don't know it's just fucking shit up i suppose so look into it it's really fucked up but this is where like it gets really fucked up because he was providing girls for this party and just remember this place is where george bush senior was said to have you know raped multiple girls cattle prodded you know girls and stuff like that uh his twin girls you know he took his twin girls there by all accounts and what's uh vanderbilts vanderbilts that's where the vanderbilts go the vanderbilts love it anderson cooper's mom and all that shit uh pretty fucked up but there was a a high priestess there now i don't know if you know anything about the mothers of darkness but I've heard a couple of people, a couple of testimonies from people that were in the cult, and they said that when there is a, you know, uh, the, the queen mother, the mother of darkness, the, uh, the ritual is, is that when her time comes to hand the baton, so to speak, to the next queen, she is beheaded in front of that upcoming queen, you know, uh, which would make me very uncomfortable as the new queen because I would think, fuck me, that's going to happen to me. And I would not want that to happen to me. But that's what happens, apparently, according to people that have been in the cult. And it's really fucked up, because you've got, like, Americans going there that, that are involved. Because, obviously, it's not just a Belgian thing, obviously. Um, and it, it also makes me think, like, who else Who else has been there? I'd like to, I'd like to see a list for that. I mean, the Epstein shit's fucked up enough. But this place, you know, the Chapel of a Thousand Points of Light, very, very satanic. And the cult, the A, is uh, was run by a woman. I don't even know if I should say her name. Uh, I'm going to call her DK. I'm going <laughs> to call her DK just for my safety. I don't know. Fuck knows. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, but fuck me, man. The girls, they would be raped with dogs snakes, birds, anything living, they would be raped, murdered and raped by. It's really fucked up. Really, really fucked up. And 
I mean, this place, the the Chateau d'Amour, Mother of Darkness Castle. I mean, one look. I mean, look at the the uh, the artwork for this episode is the Chateau d'Amour. So have a look at it. I mean, it's really creepy. I mean, if you're into your Tartaria old world stuff, there's a lot of inconsistencies about the dates that it was built to. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. And yeah, it's just really messed up, man. Really, really messed up. I mean, who knows? Who knows how many girls and boys have died at that place? And why? What is the reason? Obviously, they are sick, sadistic, twisted people. But, I mean, they must be gaining something else from it. Maybe, you know, obviously there's some sort of offering, some sort of ritualistic offering to some higher entity, higher being, you know, or lower, well, I would imagine lower being. But, yeah, it's it's so hard to to understand because I'm no expert. I don't claim to be an expert in that. I don't particularly, you know, trust anyone that called themselves an expert, you know, unless... uh, Unless you're coming to fix my plumbing, and then, uh, yeah, then I, I want you to be an expert. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a crazy world that we live in. It is, it's a really wild, really wild world. It really, really is. And just the statistics alone, the 800,000 estimate children go missing every year in just the US alone. Now, how many of them have been taken by, you know, parents, relatives, uh, just ran away from home? It's hard to, you know, you can't say that 800,000 is all, you know, is 800,000 children all, you know, they get taken by, you know, Mark Dutroux types. Obviously, that wouldn't be a fair, you know, sort of like estimate. But let's just say that even, you know, 20% of that is which is, I, I would say, very, you know, very, uh, very low. I would say it's higher, but even if it's just 20%, I mean, that's like, what, 160,000 or some shit, or is it? Something like that. Again, no, I'm no expert in maths either, <laughs> to, be, to be honest. Yeah, don't ask me. But, uh, yes, it's really, really... Really, really deep. Um, and it's our job. It's our job to save these children. Like, really, really is our job because I have children. If you have children, you know, you know the pain of even thinking that your child is in danger. And imagine your child going missing. You have no idea where that child is. Absolutely no idea. That would tear me apart. That would eat me alive. Absolutely eat me alive. And what must have Mark Dutro's wife, Michelle Martin, you know, what was going through her head not to save those children? You know what I mean? Those two girls. Like, it's wild, man. It is really wild. It's, um, Look, if you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. And these children need our help. And, you know, 
We can't do it alone. We have to stand together. If 400,000 people can come together and get a man convicted that definitely wasn't going to be, I think that we could do it. If you like this episode, share it, like it, uh, listen to it and whatever, do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, this is, um, we, we do need to stand up and, you know, we need to make some changes because there's a lot going on and it's, it's a fucked up world. All right. Peace. Balloons in the parking lot The golden arches illuminate the business park I eat myself the death, feed the corporate machine I watch some movies, recite every line and scene God bless America and all of its allies I'm not the first to live with wool over my eyes I am so blissfully unaware of everything Kids and cars are a bombed and I'm just out of it The tensions of the world are rising higher We're probably due another war with all desire I'm not smart enough to change a thing I have no answers, only questions, don't you ask a thing? Love you guys. Bye.
tumors all across the world. The cancer eating mankind, hidden in our blind side. They say I'm a nihilist, cause I can't see any decent rhyme or reason for the life of you and me. But 